Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Ramadan Mubarak to you and yours. This Ramadan, as we all gather to share a meal with our loved ones, we need to remember those in Gaza who are also gathering to share a meal with so many who aren't there that were just there a year ago. Since October the 7th, the Human Development Fund has assisted over 200,000 people in Gaza, providing them with essential aid, such as food baskets, water, hot meals, winter items, shelter, hygiene kits, and baby formula. Your generous contributions are making a significant impact, especially in Rafah. Let's sustain this momentum and continue providing crucial support during this sacred and blessed month. Please visit hdfund.org slash qalam. That's hdfund.org slash qalam, Q-A-L-A-M, to learn more about our global reach this Ramadan and choose where you'd like to direct your support during this blessed month. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this month a time of mercy, solace, acceptance, and triumph for the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And may Allah continue to use all of us as a means and never replace us. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Qalam is an organization that is dedicated to making Islamic knowledge accessible to everyone. Alhamdulillah, Qalam has been able to serve so many people all across the world in so many ways. And now, Qalam has the opportunity and the ability to take its work to the next level. Qalam now has the ability to expand its offerings to people all across the world in so many different ways. Qalam is acquiring a campus, a home, where we can continue to do the work that we do and in fact increase what we do. But we need your help, we need your support to make that dream a reality. Go to qalamcampus.com and donate generously. Every single person listening to this podcast, benefiting from Qalam, I need you to go there and donate and share that link far and wide. And let's, all of us come together, invest into our Sadaqah Jariyah and take this work to the next level. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Now enjoy the podcast. Inna alhamdulillah. إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وقرة أعيننا محمدًا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليمًا كثيرًا كثيرًا أما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى في كتابه العزيز بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اذكروا نعمة الله عليكم إذ جاءتكم جنود فأرسلنا عليهم ريحا وجنودا لم تروها وكان الله بما تعملون بصيرا إذ جاءوكم من فوقكم من أسفل منكم 
وذاغت الابصار وبلغت القلوب الحناجر وتظنون بالله ظنونا هنالك بتل المؤمنون وزلزلوا زلزالا شديدا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اياكم والظن اياكم والظن فان الظن اكذب الحديث او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was migrating from mecca to medina he was fleeing for his life there was a bounty out bounty on his head 100 camels whoever could capture the prophet dead or alive as we all know the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he sought refuge in a small cave barely a cave him and his companion abu bakr siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala an and as the bounty hunters were getting really close we all know the story abu bakr became very very scared and worried that they would be caught he wasn't worried so much for himself but he was worried for his prophet's sake sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam saw abu bakr in this very worried state and he said to him la tahzan inna allaha ma'ana do not worry for indeed god is with us indeed god is with us there's a narration of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in which he tells us that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ana inda inda dhanni abdi bi i treat my servant as he or she thinks of me the topic of today's khutbah today's talk is about the importance of husna dhan or good thoughts in one's mind i happen to come across a hadith where the blessed prophet sallallahu he said that husna dhan min husna al-ibadah that good thinking having good thoughts comes from good worship or is a part of good worship what this tells us is that islam places a heavy emphasis the prophet sallallahu has placed a heavy emphasis on us controlling our thoughts us thinking positive being optimistic and shaitan the devil quite quite to the contrary wishes to always trouble us and fill us with negative thoughts so what we're learning from our deen is that thoughts are important because they motivate our actions our actions are important because they become habits and habits are important well because that becomes what your life is all about so ibn qayyim al-jawzi he says the foundation of everything goes back to having husn al-dhan the ability to have good thoughts about allah good thoughts about the creation and i'm going to present a few examples of the extreme optimism of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so that you could realize how central this point is in our religion i'll just share one example because i want to take it to the next level the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam during the same migration from mecca to medina when he was being chased and hunted down There was a point where a group of uh, thugs 70 of them surround the prophet and Abu Bakr and they have only one intention their intention is to capture him and 
get the bounty money. When the Prophet ﷺ is surrounded in the name of this person, the leader of these thugs, his name is Bureyda. Bureyda. As Bureyda and his thugs, his group, they surround the Prophet ﷺ. It's just the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr and maybe a guide. Seventy people who want nothing but to see this man dead or alive, but we're taking you with us. The Prophet ﷺ, he looks at the one in charge. Who's in charge here? He says, I'm in charge. What's your name, son? That's what the Prophet asked him. He says, my name is Bureyda. Like it matters anyway, you're coming with us. He says, Bureyda, and this is the part where I want us to reflect upon. Regardless of how difficult the circumstances are, my question is, Islam is always challenging you. The Prophet is always teaching you. Can you keep telling yourself the story that God loves you and that Allah is with you? I'll say that again. Can you keep telling yourself that Allah is with you when the boss is calling maybe to lay you off or shorten your hours? When other things are going wrong, can you keep telling yourself? And this is what I want us to focus on. See, there's one thing is the representational world that we have within ourselves. What that is, is how I look at life. How it looks like to me here. But here's the thing that I need all of us to digress on for a moment and really come to terms with. How many times have you said to yourself, my mom, my father, my brother, put anyone in the equation that fits your life, hates me. My dad hates me. My little Qasim, many of you know him, he's only six years old, or seven, five, around there, you get it. Every now and then when we take away a toy or turn off screen time, he goes, everyone hates me. And we're like, whoa, 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 chill out here. But this is important because regardless, we all know, I hope you know me, we don't hate him, we love him. Reality versus perception of reality. This is an extremely important thing for us to understand that Islam really pushes us to force our perceived or representational understanding of reality to be cohesive with reality. So let me give an example back to what we started with. When the Prophet ﷺ was being chased, he's in a cave with Abu Bakr radiallahu an, and Abu Bakr's like, we're done, we're caught, it's over. The Prophet says, that's your perceived reality. Now let me put you in tap in touch with reality. Here's the reality. Inna Allaha ma'ana. God is with us. Let me give you another example. The Prophet, when you give charity, does your bank account decrease? Yes or no? It does. The Prophet ﷺ taught us something else about sadaqah. What did the Prophet teach us about charity? Sadaqah does not decrease wealth. What I'm trying to show you is that the Prophet ﷺ, he knows how you're going to perceive it. But what he's struggling to do and what he tries to do is allow us to see it the way he sees it and the way God has informed him of how reality is. So when the Prophet is surrounded, we'll go back to the narration I started with. When the Prophet ﷺ is surrounded by all of these 70 thugs that are ready to capture him and take him, dead or alive. He looks at this man. 
And he asks him, what's your name? He says, my name is Bureyda. And the prophet looks at Abu Bakr and he smiles at Abu Bakr. Why? Because the man's name, the man's name, if you translate it, means bard, cool. And so he looks at Abu Bakr and he says, Baradallahu amarana. Our situation has cooled down. Are you kidding me? This level of optimism is only prophetic. What I'm trying to show you is in the face of extreme difficulty, the Prophet never lost hope and never forgot one true thing that Allah loves you, that God loves you more than anything. One true fact that representationally here may be thrown off occasionally. God doesn't love me. I'm a sinner. Like my little Qasim, everyone hates me. Occasionally, representationally, we may see the world that God hates me. The Prophet ﷺ is saying, nope, uh-uh. I do not allow you to think that way. I do not allow you to think that way. You cannot think that way. And in fact, now I'll bring you to a hadith. And this is the hadith I said at the beginning. This is absolutely profound. The Prophet ﷺ said, Iyakum wadhan. Stay away from bad suspicion, bad thoughts. Iyakum, Iyakum in Arabic means stay away from it. Iyakum wal asad, stay away from the lion. Iyakum wal dun, stay away from bad thoughts. Why? Now this is where it gets deep. The Prophet said, because bad thoughts are the worst form of lying. If you were here from the beginning, you get what this means now. There's a representational understanding of my Qasim when he says everyone hates me. That's a dhan, that's a thought. But we all know, and I hope you assume the best of me, that that thought is not true. But here's the deal. Some of us grow up, and we're adults, and we operate in this world as if that assumption is the reality. Your ability to self Medicate, spiritually grow, depends on your ability to understand that your perception of reality is not always reality. I'll say that again. Your perception of reality is not always reality. And as long as you can stay optimistic and positive and connected to the Prophet ﷺ, you will be reminded about what the reality is and you will be able to bring yourself back. How so? I'll share a hadith with you. Let me back up, just in case you came late. What did we say? All of Islam is based on your ability to have good thoughts, positive thinking. What did we say next? We said that it is important to stay optimistic as much as possible. Why? Because the hadith tell us that suspicion and dhan is the worst form of lies. And the last thing that we said before we go forward is that there's a re representational world that's up here. Like when my Qasim says everyone hates me just because I took his tablet away. Versus the reality, which is I love him more than anything and I would give my life for that boy. My daughters as well, of course. So we said there's a representation on a reality. And your assumptions, as the hadith says, stay away from negative thinking, stay away from assumptions. Why? Because assumptions are the worst form of lying. Now I'll bring you to a hadith that I wanted to share. Sound narration, the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Alaykum bis-siddiq. Hold on to truth. 
representational and reality matching. Hold on to truth. Why? Because truth will lead you to righteousness. Truth will lead you to goodness. And righteousness will lead you to the gates of Jannah. And indeed, a person continues to look for the truth. Look for the truth. Look for the truth. The hadith says, Until a person is written in the sight of Allah as a truthful person, the hadith continues, And be careful of lying. In the context of this conversation, I'm not talking about how you lie to people. I'm talking about how you lie to yourself. I'm talking about how you tell yourself an entire story. And that story is far from the reality of what's going on in life. You'll only be able to connect to this message when you have the ability to reflect on yourself. When you have the metacognitive ability to step away and look at yourself from a third person and think about what you're thinking about. This is a deep aspect of our religion. And it's an important aspect for your spiritual growth. So the hadith says, وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَالْكَذِبِ Be careful of lying. Lying to the self. فَإِنَّ الْكِذَبِ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْفُجُورِ Because lying will lead you to indecency, and indeed indecency will lead you to the fire of Jahannam. So my talk today is about positive thinking and realizing how central it is for us to stay optimistic and know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always with us. If we don't have the ability to think positive, then we won't have the ability to motivate ourselves to the actions that we need to do. I'm going to conclude this first part of the khutbah with a statement of Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi. He says that the most essential thing is your thoughts. Why? Because your thoughts become your actions, your actions become your habits, your habits become your life. It all begins here. May Allah give us the ability to remain positive. May Allah give us the ability to look at the optimism of the Prophet ﷺ and realize that we too should embody that optimism within ourselves. أَقُولُ قَوْلِ هَذَا وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِي وَلَكُمْ وَرِسَأَلِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فَاسْتَغْفِرُوا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ إِنَّ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ إِنَّ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ نَحْمَدُهُ وَنُسَلِي عَلَى رَسُولِ الْكَرِيمِ أَمَّا بَعْدِ Continuing with this train, the same train of thought, Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala an, he has a, Ibn Mas'ud is a very well-known companion of our beloved Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him. And he was very close to the Prophet, which tells us he had a deep understanding of Islam. He says something that I think is very profound and I think we should reflect upon. He says, وَالَّذِي لَا إِلَهَ غَيْرُ مَا أُعْتِيَ عَبْدٌ مُؤْمِنْ شَيْءٍ خَيْرٍ مِنْ حُسْنَ الظَّنِ بِاللَّهِ He says that a believing person cannot be giving, given anything more valuable, more better than having a good assumption about God. What is a good assumption about God? It means expecting good from God. Regardless of how bleak the situation gets, Regardless of how bleak the situation gets, can I give a practical example of a bleak situation in which there was never a thought about God not fulfilling his promise? The mother of Moses. The mother of Moses. 
Reflect back on the story of Moses, brothers and sisters. Alayhi salam. What is the mother of Moses told to do when children are being executed in the streets? Take this boy, place him in a basket, and place that basket on the river. And trust me. How many thoughts are going through the mother's mind at this time? How many thoughts are going through her mind? Am I crazy? Is, is this what I'm supposed to do? But she never lost hope in Allah. And this is what I'm trying to get us to understand, that unless we're able to keep optimism in God, hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we won't be able to get through those difficult moments. When Ibrahim, let's go back to Abraham, when he's asked to sacrifice his own son, I don't know how this is going to turn out. The mother of Moses, I don't know how this is going to turn out. But there is one common denominator, and that's what Ibn Masud is telling us in this narration. He says, I swear by God that no servant of Allah is given anything more powerful, more important, more central to their faith than husna dhan billah, than having a good opinion, assumption, expectation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this is where we see the... Uh, the magic, you could say, if I could say that word of Husnadan. He says, and I swear by God. La abdun billah. A person, a, when a person has great expectations from Allah, illa Allah Allah gives that person exactly what they were expecting from Allah. There's this term, manifesting something. And we don't go into that, you know, astrology, you know, the retrograde, this and all that stuff. No, no. It's not in Islam. But this is a powerful narration, which tells us that this thing on the top of your shoulders, this thing here, and its ability to be positive and to see things into existence is very strong. Can I return back now to the narration when the prophet was surrounded by those 70 thugs? Do you recall from the beginning of today's khutbah? He's on his way to Medina. He's surrounded by 70 thugs. They're like, we want to take you dead or alive. You're coming with us. The prophet, وسلم, he looks at the leader. He says, what's your name, young man? The man says, my name is Bureda. The prophet وسلم, smiles and looks at Abu Bakr. He's smiling. Which goes to show the physiological connection to the psycho psychology. Like sometimes if you're in a bad mood, guess what you should just do? Just smile. I always get amazed that during khutbah when I talk about smiling, there's a, you know how hard it is not to smile when someone smiles at you? But nonetheless, some of us, we walk into khutbah, we, we don't smile. Walk into the mush. There's, there's a happiness that comes for a moment during, some brother still ain't smiling at me, it's okay. I'm working on you. There we go. Thank you. Jazakallah khair. Now for that one moment that you smiled, for that millisecond that you smiled, you forgot about the difficulty that was outside of Jummah. It's a beautiful thing. So the Prophet, he smiles at Abu Bakr. Smiling when? When we're surrounded by 70 thugs, armed to the teeth, ready to take us. He smiles and he says, Baradallah amrana. Hey, it's all cool now. Hey, it's all cool now. If you're Abu Bakr and you're 
like us, pes- the pessimist person, what are you thinking in your head? <laughs> ya Rasulullah, they're 70, they're strapped, and here we are. Why are you smiling right now? Can you make some dua, please? Send an angel to help us. The Prophet smiles and said, it's all cool now. What makes you say that? Well, his name is Bureda. That's all we got here? That's all we're holding on to is a name? But sometimes that's all you got. Sometimes you got to grab on to what you got to be optimistic. You don't have anything going for you, but you know what? I don't know. I, the bird, I don't know. Something, look, he walked out the right door. That means things are going to be all right. He grabbed onto whatever he could grab onto. So then the Prophet, I want to finish this narration. Then the Prophet ﷺ, he turns to Buraida and he says, What tribe you're from, young man? And he says, Banu Aslam. The Prophet then turns to Abu Bakr again and he says, Salamna. He's from Aslam. That means we made it. What's going on here? Why am I talking about this today? A lot of us, we become very negative in our households. A lot of us, we are expecting the calamity to hit any moment. God hates me. God doesn't love me. My father, my parents, they don't love me. The first thing I wanted you to understand is there's a representational world up here and there's a reality. You yourself have to have the ability to understand those things don't always match up. Like my young Qasim has to learn, hey son, I love you, man. That's the first thing I want you to understand is realize that those negative thoughts aren't reality. That's the first step. Because now your actions, all of your actions are predicated on a false assumption. Maybe this is too deep of a Juma khutbah, but I hope it benefits you. All of your actions are predicated on my dad doesn't love me. And I'm going to talk about the other side of the coin, your dad actually. But your actions, your, in, your engagements with people should be predicated on reality, not a false assumption that you just stumbled upon and that shaitan has been whispering into your head. God loves me. That's where I'm going to begin from. Allah wants to forgive me. That's where I'm going to forgive, begin from. Allah wants what's best for me. That's where I'm going to begin from. And once you begin from there, everything makes sense. I'll give an example. We just studied a hadith recently. That sometimes Allah will give a person poverty. Who in this room loves poverty? Nobody. Sometimes a person will give a person poverty because that's the best thing for their faith. Had they been given wealth, they would be rebellious and leave faith completely. completely. That train of thought requires a person to understand that God loves me more than anything else. And Allah will not do something to me. I know Allah will not do something to me. That is not for the best of me. And then the hadith says, and in fact, God gives wealth to some people sometimes because if they didn't have the wealth, they would fall into disbelief. That entire hadith, in order to understand it, is predicated on your ability to have extreme husnadan, which means you expect and hope for the best from your Allah because you know He loves you more than anyone or anything in this creation. The point of my khutbah today is rather simple. We'll be judged based on actions, but actions are motivated by thoughts. 
thoughts are in your control. You can understand them. You can direct them. Do not take your bad assumptions as reality. Question them. Make sure they're in line with what the Prophet has taught us. Throughout this khutbah, and I'm going to end in the next four minutes, I talked about my Qasim saying to me, Baba, you hate me. And how that thought is far from reality. As a father, it's important for me to understand why this person has this representation within them. I hope you're with me still. Which is, I don't say to my son, that's not the truth, grow up. I say, why do you think that, son? Where's that coming from, young man? Well, he's not a young man yet, but you get my point. I value and I give weight to the way the people around me see things. Why am I saying this? So many times the young men and women in this room will come to me and say, my father doesn't like me, doesn't love me. And the father goes, you know I love you, I'm not even gonna pay attention to that thought. That is a problem. Understand, and I'm gonna give you a proof from hadith. So you say this Amriki Sheikh is just saying some woke stuff. I'll give you a hadith. There's a, uh, there's a Sahabi. His name slips my mind. He was loved by the Prophet. He wasn't a very attractive man. He used to come from outside of Medina and he would barter in the, in the, uh, in the souk, in the bazaar. The Prophet used to play with him a lot. The Prophet it was a jovial man. He would joke with people. So the Prophet sees this man trading in the marketplace. And the Prophet goes up behind him and he hugs him. And he says, Who wants to buy this thing from me? Who wants to buy this thing from me? And the man says, well first, the hadith is quite beautiful. When someone hugs you from behind, your first reaction is to kind of pull off. But then when he looks at the hands, he realizes, oh, I know those hands. Those are my beloved Prophet's hands. So then he leans into the Prophet, And then the Prophet says, who wants to buy this man from me? He's joking. But then something comes out, representational view. The man says, if you try to sell me, you'll find that I'm worthless. You'll get nothing for me. He said he wasn't an attractive man. He didn't find himself attractive. The representational, right? The Prophet turns him around and he looks at him. And he says, Bal anta indallahi ghali. Wallahi, in the sight of God, you're priceless. That's the reality. Your representation is wrong. The sight of, in the sight of God, you are valuable. You are loved more than anyone else. What I'm trying to show you is the Prophet recognized his representational understanding. He validated it, but he corrected it. He recognized it and then worked to help the person move towards what was correct. And the correct thing is that God does not look at your outward. God does not look at your clothes. He doesn't care what you're wearing. He doesn't care what you drive. God cares about your taqwa and how much you fear him and love him. And this man loved Allah. So he said, you know what? You need to shift your paradigm. God loves you more than anything else. And you are valuable. You are priceless in the sight of God. What am I saying? Today's khutbah had a lot. And I hope you were able to get it. Do not operate based on your false assumptions, but question your assumptions and make sure they 
match up with reality. And you also help other people care, validate where they're coming from. As the prophet looked at him and he spoke to him, he said, no, it's not correct. How are you judging this? You're judging wrong. Let me help you. See things how you should see them. May Allah give us the ability somehow to be close to the Prophet in this way. May Allah allow us to walk out of this Jummah expecting the greatest things to happen. Ibn Mas'ud told us, and I'm concluding, he said, Wallahi, if you have good expectations of Allah, Allah will give you exactly what you're expecting. Exactly what you're hoping for. Allah will give that to you. Right now as I said it, I see in your faces doubt. You said, yeah, but um, that's too high. Uh-uh. Some of you, as I said it, you thought of something, you go, okay, bring it down, Abdullah. Why are you limiting Allah? The Prophet is in a cave. There are people right above him. If they look down, they could see him. And what did he say? Uh-uh. Hope from God good. He's surrounded by 70 people. They want to take him dead or alive. What does he say? Nah, expect Allah good. Musa, his mother was told, this baby, throw it in the river. What does the devil tell you? What does the nafs tell you? My, my child is dead. Expect from Allah greatness. Walk out of this Jummah today expecting that Allah will bless you more than ever. And next week when you come to Jummah, just make dua for me, inshallah. <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa anim ala sayyidina wa nabiyina wa maulana Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Wa rallahumma an jamiya ashabi nabiyaka ajma'in wa anil khulafai rashidin. Abi Bakr wa Umar wa Athman wa Ali. Wa an baqiyati sitta min al-asharati al-mubashara. Wa an ahli bayti nabiyaka ajma'in. وعنا معهم بفضلك وجودك وكرمك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم عزنا ولا تذلنا اللهم عزنا ولا تذلنا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم إن نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغناء ربنا لا تزك كلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا ربنا لا تزك كلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا ربنا تقبل منا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا يا أرحم الراحمين إبعد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله تعالى يذكركم ودعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تستعون أقيموا الصلاة